1: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
0: Nobody is better on the NBA than Kendrick Perkins, and he's going to join us here in just a few moments. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888 say ESPN, 888 729 3776. Were we wrong earlier for destroying Cam? I don't think we were, but I want to hear from people to get their opinions on this. The idea that you don't show up to work the next day after your team's playing in the Super Bowl or a wedding at a midday on Sunday, you go back to work on Monday. Uh, Listen, I've gotten a couple of tweets, Canty, that maybe we were not necessarily fair about that. And I I don't know that that's true. I don't know the, I think not we, on
2: back to back weekends. When you do it on back to no. back weekends is what makes it bad, right? No. You can't have back to back three day weekends. And no. I get it, it's President's Day, but that ain't a
0: holiday that we're observing because we're working today. No, it,
2: and he should it, be with our show unit working.
0: It's a holiday in name. That's what yes. it is, right? Yes. Some people are working, some people are not. Anyway, yeah. right now we welcome in the guy that's always working, and he's got a new book out, The Education of Kendrick Perkins. It is ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins, Big Perk, joining us. And Big Perk, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today. Congratulations on the book. How did you enjoy All Star Weekend for yourself?
1: Well, I appreciate it, fella. Thanks for having me on. You know what? All Star Weekend was fine. I was in the a I was in a basketball gym watching AAU games all weekend long with my sons. But I did catch the dunk contest, the three point contest and all-star game and I know a lot of people are griping right now but I actually give I actually give the Vince i I thought it was pretty damn impressive
2: yeah and, and Big Perk I, I'm curious to get your take on Matt McClung's performance in particular because the big fella Shaquille O'Neal said that Matt McClung saved the dunk contest with his performance on Saturday night how did you view that how did you view the contest overall
1: well I, I thought I thought every contestant from King Kenyon Martin Jr., from, you know, Murphy, from Jericho Sims, I thought all of them came out with some very impressive dunks. And I, obviously, McClung did his thing, right? Uh, but I thought all the guys did their thing, I, to be honest, which I thought it was some creativity in there, some, you know, showing some real bounce, some... You know, even you know, it's hard for a big to win the dunk contest. I tell it to everybody I tell it to a lot of people, but man, Jericho Sims man jumped so damn high. But I'm with Shaq on that. Like now people are really gonna look forward to the dunk contest. You know what else it did? It's gonna allow the NBA to be able to say, you know what? Since our quote unquote superstars and young stars don't wanna get into it. How about let's give some other people uh, an opportunity to jump in? Like, let's go give a couple guys that's in the G League or maybe in another league or some guys that we may see on social media an opportunity to come in and be mm-hmm. in the dunk. Because they go embrace the moment and they go going to come with it. And they're going to mm-hmm. give us as fans what we deserve. And that's, you know, a good competition.
0: Kendrick Perkins with us, and NBA analyst. The Education of Kendrick Perkins is available tomorrow. His new book is out. We'll get to that in a minute. You know, we just played some sound from Kevin Durant when he was asked over the weekend, Big Perk, about the idea of, you know, players demanding trades. Is that good for the league? And he said, it's great for the league. It creates so much more interest and all that. Where do you stand on this when players, they commit to long-term contracts, and then they end up demanding a trade. Is this a good thing or
1: not? <laughs> <laughs> so I like KD just trying to cover up for himself. It's not a good <laughs> thing. kind of does. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's nothing good about that. All it's doing is hurting the, the second generation, man. Like, the next generation that's coming up behind them. Like, it's nothing good about that. Like, guys are signing these four-year, five-year max contracts and ask, asking out year one and year two, like, you can't justify that. I don't care what K D says and he knows that. Like, you gotta do something. And and just for the fact that you just go back and look at Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons, you know, signed that big I think it was four or five year extension. Before the extension really even kicked in, he's he's asking out of Philly like that's gonna hurt the guys before them and they do a disservice and they really disrespect the people who paved the way for guys like KD and 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 Kyrie and Ben Simmons and James Harden, that allow those guys to be getting paid thirty five to fifty million dollars a year, and I think it's on on this generation and the guys that are playing now to make sure that they show up to work and make sure that they do everything in their power so that guys after them could get paid the same dollar. So it's not good for the league. It's actually bad for the league.
2: Talking with ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins on Greeny. And, Big Perk, we just got the news from Woj that the Utah Jazz and Russell Westbrook are finalizing a buyout and that the Brody plans to sign with the L.A. Clippers. What do you make of that move, and what does it make the Clippers in the Western Conference?
1: Well, Well, the Clippers are already a contender because, I mean, the West is so wide open. Right now, I mean, you look at Golden State, we don't know when Steph coming back. They've been looking funny in the light all season long. Mm. Denver have been the most consistent. That's why they're the number one seed. Memphis has struggled for its consistency, although they're still in the top of the West. Phoenix, we, we still need to see what the others go provide or how this go going to look with all three of those guys, which I think is going to look fine. But when it comes down to Russell Westbrook, I think <laughs> – Russ has made it to the point where we have to see it to believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. we can sit up here and say, oh, Russ going here, he going to take him to this level and this and that. Nah, we have to see it to believe. We got to see him be able to work off uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We got to see how Ty Lu is going to use him. What type of role is he going to play on the team? Is he going to have the ball in his hands, you know, and be a ball-dominant point guard on that squad? Is Tyloo going to bring him in off the bench so that he don't stop the growth of Terrence Mann, who's been balling out of control. So I'm to the point now when it comes down to Russ, because I don't want to get caught with any more surprises, that I have to see it first.
0: Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, joining Katia Carlin on ESPN Radio, in for Greeny today, The Education of Kendrick Perkins. What is this book all about?
1: Well you know what? It's a it's a mixture of everything. Obviously it's about my life. Uh starting over starting with my childhood, you know, uh with my mom being shot and killed when I was five, you know, by her best friend, from my dad leaving and going to New Zealand. Uh never was in my life, uh, from me almost being from me being up for adoption and being taken in uh by my grandparents, my grandmother and my grandfather, uh and how I was raised, man. You know, my grandmother made $60 a week. My grandfather made $320 a month. And, you know, we stayed in the home that my great-grandfather built. Um, That was, you know, the ceilings was 6'3". So imagine, when I got about an 8th grade, I was really too big for the house, but we had to make it work. And so it talked about my childhood, how I grew up. Um, It it talked about, you know, the, the grind, the struggle, the... You know, uh, you know, people just not treating me right. Uh, and, and, like, you know, it comes down to a situation where I always tell my wife right now we have four kids. I say, you know, I know these hard conversations, but we need to figure out and put this together of where our kids are going to go if something happened to us tomorrow because you just never know. Because, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears, but you am my, crying myself to sleep on a night-to-night basis wondering, if my mama was here, how things would be different. And then it talked about my journey going to Boston, right? Driving across country. When I left Beaumont at 18, I I was too country as hell to even know about shipping cars. So (laughs) me and my friend jumped in my Denali truck, packed up, and we went clean across country, right? So I'm moving from deep down south all the way to Boston, a complete culture change. And I talked about my experiences in each locker room. And I also chimed in with my relationships with all the Hall of Famer players that I played with. And so, you know, I dove into also the, uh, where I'm from, the, the racism part of uh my area, you know how it's called the Golden Triangle. And in certain parts, we're always told, like, once I started driving, don't stop in this this part of the town. Don't stop in this part of town. Like, it's still racism going on. Like when I was in school, we had the James Bird Jr. Uh, killing. Um, mm. When I was in grade school, so you know it's still going on deep down south, and it also it actually tells my story of how also it's more racist. where I'm. It's racism more. I experienced racism more from where I'm from than I did playing my eight and a half years in Boston, and so. Uh, I just dove into a lot, man. I had, uh, I obviously got LeBron in my book because I was able to to be a real witness of his whole journey with us graduating together, uh, McDonald's class, all the above. So it's really diving in deep and just telling my whole story with a little bit of education on, you know, how to to have a, a long career without being a superstar and binding to your role and the things that I learned from Doc Rivers and, uh, my different experience with, with, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, with KD, James, and Russ in that locker room. So, I mean, I dove into it, man. I dove into it. I told my story, but I also dropped a little knowledge, in you know, there to, you know, a lot of the people out there in the world is, that may be going through adversity, uh, that rough upbringing, because majority of the time, especially when you talk about African-American players uh, in any sport, they go through the same similar situation. And a lot of them don't make it because they don't have the mental toughness and things to that nature. And I also, a real important part real quick, I also uh, dove into, you know, how I was kind of wild, like in my late 20s, early 30s, while I was getting in trouble while I was still playing and how I accepted the fact that I actually needed help. So I, I like, I went to anger management classes, like, for two months in, in one summer, like in Kansas city where Sam Presti and the organization of Dunder thought it was best for me. And it like changed my life around, you know what I mean? So I dove into all that as well.
0: Perk, listen, it's an awesome, awesome concept. Can't wait to get a look at it. It starts, uh, it is available tomorrow, wherever you get your books, the education of Kendrick Perkins. We appreciate it, man. Good luck with the book.
1: Okay, thank y'all so much, man. Y'all have a good one, all right? You too.
0: Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on the phone. There's, I should have asked him, can I get a carry the hell on? I, I mean, <laughs> there is nothing should better have, than, should have got that than one Perk. Out. absolutely. You should have got that one I should out. have for asked sure. for that at the end. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. One of the biggest 2023 hiring challenges is standing out to top talent, break through the clutter, and attract the most qualified candidates – for your team with ZipRecruiter's matching technology, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Up next, NFL franchise tag window opens tomorrow. What team is about to make a major mistake? It's next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and SiriusXM XM Channel 80.
3: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
4: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
0: Greeny, the podcast. we
2: end of the dunk contest. I was. I was not in the Jericho Sims dunk, though, where he stapled some, well, not stapled, but he taped uh, a fifty score on the net, and yeah. he put his arm down the, the rim when he dunked it, and then pulled off the the piece of paper that had mm. the score of fifty on it. I thought that was weak sauce. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't like it. Allen Hyde was trying to big up Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims can jump out of the gym, but just because you can jump, don't mean you you have the creativity to win a dunk contest, and that clearly was on display on Saturday night. Because say what you want, Mac McClung. And what he did, unbelievable, man. Yeah, it was phenomenal. He, he and was- then he threw on the Gate City jersey from high school, <laughs> represented Gate City, all the high school records that he broke in the state of Virginia. Like, like That was cool to me, adding that flair. He had the charisma, Carlin. He had the bounce. And you know when you're a shorter guy in the dunk contest, it, it just looks better aesthetically. Oh, yeah. So it, it just he had it all going. And he was playing to the crowd, and you saw – the current NBA All-Stars, all of those guys sitting courtside were all into it. So, yeah, it was, it was exciting to watch, and McClung didn't disappoint with each attempt. And the great part I love about it, Carlin, it didn't take him two or three attempts to land his dunks. He hit every single yes. one on the first try.
0: I can't, There's nothing sadder than sitting around and waiting for a guy on his third attempt to finally be able to dunk it. I mean, come or,
2: on. Or, or sitting around waiting for them to bring out these absurd props. Like, yeah. as much as I like K.J. Martin, I think he's a hell of a dunker. And we shouldn't be surprised because his dad Kenyon Martin was a hell of a dunker. I could have done without the 3D printed ball. <laughs> Didn't need to see that on Saturday. Like you, you brought all of that out to do what? <laughs> a, a, an above average dunk? Come on, man. Like I that's the part of the that's the part where the dunk contest has gotten a little bit quirky in the 2010s. But Mac McClung's performance, man, that was one that everybody's gonna talk about today. It's gonna be exciting and it's gonna build anticipation for the next dunk contest. Let's just hope they can keep that momentum going for that event, because it truly is the highlight
0: of NBA All-Star Weekend. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. We are coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose. So, tomorrow the franchise tag window opens, and the most intriguing situation in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks right now, to me, is Lamar Jackson, when we're specifically talking about the franchise tag. Do they give the exclusive franchise tag where you don't let anybody else talk to Lamar Jackson? And maybe you're in a better position to trade him away at that point. Or do you put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him where other teams could talk to him, but it would cost them two first-round picks in addition to whatever the contract would be? can You know, Jeff Darlington was on this morning with us and and on uh, Get Up, ESPN NFL Insider, and said that if they put the exclusive franchise tag on him, in other words, he can't talk to anybody else, it makes it a lot more likely that he has played his last down with the Baltimore Ravens. And if the Ravens do that and they're ready to trade him away, it's such a massive mistake on their part. It's been horribly mismanaged from the get-go. And Baltimore will be in a major setback uh, mode over the next couple of years. You
2: can't do it. Well, here's what I will say. If they put the exclusive franchise tag on them, then that means this is going to happen pretty quickly, Colin. Because the Ravens have to be under the salary cap by the start of the new league year, which is March 15th. Right. We ain't that far away from that. And the so window's put, March
0: 7th, right? Well, That's so right yeah,
2: the Yeah, the window ends on March 7th. So it opens tomorrow. It ends on March 7th. If they put the exclusive franchise tag on them, then, then they're going to have to consummate a deal with the team before the start of the new league year. Otherwise, it precludes them from doing other business this offseason. The exclusive franchise tag number is $45.5 million. Carlin. They only have $28 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Now, you ain't got to be a math genius to figure out, okay, if you only got $28 million to spend and you tag Lamar Jackson for $45, you are not going to be able to do other things. Now, teams can always manipulate the cap by restructuring contracts, cutting guys, extending guys. So they can always massage things to some degree, but that's a whole lot of massaging that Eric DeCosta would have to do in order to fit in Lamar Jackson's $45 million cap hold uh, onto this roster and still be able to do the things that they need
0: to upgrade the team and
2: get them back into the postseason in 2023. Well,
0: I would think, though, if you put the non-exclusive on him, which means that he would make somewhere around $31 million if he signed it, but if he went uh, somewhere else, he can sign an offer sheet with another team and the Ravens would have the option to match that offer sheet or take two first-round picks in return from that team. If the Ravens are going to do that, It's, I I would want more than two first round picks for him. Yeah. And if I'm Baltimore, if I'm going to do that, I have to assume that whatever the offer sheet coming back is, it's going to be fully guaranteed because somebody's going to give it to him and somebody's going to give him the two first round picks with him. So if it's, let's just throw out a number. 245 fully guaranteed. Are the Ravens matching that or are they taking the two first round picks? I still think they should match it.
2: Well, yeah, I think they would match it. And if you lay out the two scenarios based on the two different tag options, you got a better chance with the non-exclusive franchise tag in trying to re-sign him than you do if you give the exclusive franchise tag on him. Because, Colin, if they put the exclusive on him, he almost certainly won't sign it. So that means you have to carry that cap hole throughout, se- throughout the offseason. You don't really have a lot of flexibility in terms of reshaping your roster. And at the end of it, you could still end up without Lamar Jackson. So I think this is a situation where you, you 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 hold your nose, you extend the non-exclusive franchise tag offer, you allow him to negotiate with other teams, and you see what offers end up coming back. Now, we also have to factor in, Carlin that he doesn't have an agent. You know, he represents himself, and I believe his mom is his involved mom, in that yeah. as well. So from a communication standpoint, reaching out to these other teams – The mechanics of that, does he have to go through the NFL PA to get the contact information for these other teams, knowing what the market is going to say about trying to get a fully guaranteed deal, what that looks like on average annual value, the overall structure of the contract. There's all this minutia, all of this nuance that Lamar Jackson has to account for. And I think if you're the Baltimore Ravens, if if you can somehow – I don't want to say muddy the waters, but create that situation where there's all these moving parts and then make it simple for him in terms of the guarantees that he's looking for, maybe that lends itself. And that's a huge maybe. Maybe that lends itself to Lamar Jackson coming back and dealing with the devil that he knows rather than the devil that he doesn't. I'm not saying that's how he's thinking. I'm not in his head. I don't have people in his camp. But, Carlin, I think at least you have a fighting chance to retain him if you go the non-exclusive route if you go the exclusive route, Carla, that forty five million dollar cap charge is untenable, and you have to get uh, and you have to be under the salary cap by March fifteenth. If you're a team that's interested in Lamar Jackson services, why would you even entertain the idea of trying to trade for him under March uh, at March fifteenth before March fifteenth knowing that the Baltimore Ravens would have to do something
0: look. If I'm, another t- if I'm the New York Jets right now, one of the other things I'm working on besides Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, is there any sort of poison pill I can put in a deal that would make it very difficult for the Ravens to match? That- I don't know if those exist anymore. I don't know in what frame that could exist. It's just front-loading the I'm contract.
2: It's just front-loading the contract. Yeah. It's front-loading the contract.
0: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, in just moments, he will explain why the NFL could learn a few things from what happened this weekend. That's right. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like they're free. AutoZone Fixfinder Finder Service. The AutoZone Fixfinder Finder Service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fixfinder Finder Service is verified by data from over five and a half million ASE certified technicians. With Over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
5: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try JETS Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8Save. That's the number 8, SAVE. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greenie, the podcast.
0: Dude, there's nothing I hate more than passive aggressive behavior. Like just You prefer aggressive aggressive? Yeah. Just tell okay. me. Just just Tell me straight out. And, like, I don't. Do you have an Apple Watch? I do. I, it's getting out of hand now where, like, when I stand up and I haven't stood up in like an hour, it congratulates me by saying, You did it. You stood up. And that feels like it's passive aggressive, does it not? It's taking a shot at you. Yeah, like, Hey, congratulations. We did it. Well, Thanks a lot. Smart, it's a smart watch. It's getting in on the act. I mean, everybody else takes <laughs> shots at you, so why not your Apple Watch? Why not? Why, why not? But I would prefer that my Apple Watch would say, you know, get off your fat ass or something like that. That's direct. Wow. That's more direct. That's wow. all. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We're in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, baseball season is about to begin. Spring training, as we know, is underway, and this weekend... Uh, the New York Mets started to work with the pitch clock in batting practice. And a lot of teams are going to start doing this. Uh, This is just one of the first ones. I know you noticed it. I noticed it as well. And for those who are unaware, baseball has adopted a pitch clock this season. With no runners on base, you have 15 seconds between pitches to throw the next pitch. And with a runner or uh, however many runners on base, you have 20 seconds About how this could change things. Listen to Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Insider, on the Michael Kay Show about this this past week.
3: This is going to be a godsend for baseball, the pitch clock. I think it's the biggest change in baseball since integration. If you've seen any minor league games last year, guys, it is baseball from the 70s and 80s with modern athletes. And to me, that's the best of both worlds right there. It's quicker, it's crisper, it's a game that where you don't sit around saying, okay, where's all the action? No, the action's gonna happen every 15 seconds. There's gonna be no more dawdling on the mound, there's gonna be No more wasting time getting your batting gloves fixed, stepping out of the box. No, this is going to be baseball. Like when you listen to a podcast on 1.25, this is going to be baseball on 1.25. And the regularity of the two-and-a-half-hour game is going to be a real thing. There will be a sub-two-hour game in Major League Baseball this year. I'd be willing to bet on that.
0: I absolutely love this. I Mm -hmm. I love that, yes, it's going to take some adapting, and I'm sure there'll be some complaints along the way. But as somebody that loves the game... And frankly, kind of fell out of love with the game over the last few years. I'm kind of more indifferent to it than anything. Even though this is what I do for a living, I I watch baseball. It feels like more because I have to right now. I love baseball uh, at the premise, but the games have just become entirely too long. This is great. This will get me to go to more games, can't he? Well, they're taking steps in the
2: right direction, right, Carlin? There's a reason why the average age of a baseball fan is older than any other major professional team sport in this country. Mid to late 50s, if I'm not mistaken. It's 57 years old. Yep. And so, you know, it's it's too much inactivity. There's too much downtime. There's not enough action to captivate the audience. And so people are going to flip off and they're going to find the next thing, whether, whether it's a show that they DVR'd or whatever. But unless you're giving them something to be locked in on, um, then, then fans are going to go elsewhere for their entertainment. And that's what professional sports is and baseball is. It's an entertainment product. And I think this goes a long ways to making your product more entertaining. Now, I will say this, Colin, I love the idea of getting rid of the shift. I love the idea of adding a pitch clock. I think Major League Baseball should have took it a step further. Let's get the electronic strike zone going too, Mm. balls and strikes. Let's get some consistency with that because the more strikes that pitchers are forced to throw, the more baseballs are going to be put in play. The more you're going to see hitters put the bat on the ball. And to me, that's what all of this is all about. Being able to create more action in your sport. That's what makes it more entertaining. I get that everybody loves the home run, Carlin. Everybody loves the home run. But it's all about being able to get the ball in play and to get guys on the bags create and see the game from that strategy as well. Like That's that's the part of this that, that I think Major League Baseball has to focus on. Most of the other team sports have been offensive-oriented. And to me, these are innovations that are leaning toward the offensive side with baseball. You're putting in a pitch clock, pressure on the pitcher. You're getting rid of the shift, pressure on the defense, making it easier for offense. Take it a step further. Let's get the electronic strike zone going. Calling on every major broadcast, you have the K zone. So fans at home are watching balls and strikes on TV. It ain't that hard to have an electronic strike zone and a buzzer with the umpire behind home plate saying whether or not it was a strike. It's not difficult. So to me, that's the next piece of this thing that we will be waiting to see Now, I know there'd be pushback from the umpires and their union, but I think this is something that would be great for baseball as well. Again, you got to do something to be able to attract a younger audience, and I think these are steps toward doing it. I just think baseball came one step short. The last
0: thing I need, though, is an A.I. Angel Hernandez. (laughs) I don't need that. I don't need that at all. So, I like, can't you see Angel Hernandez being behind the plate and almost ignoring the buzzer and saying, no, that was a ball, even though it was right down the center of the plate? No, you can't, not, you can't do that. Anymore. He's the worst. You can't do that. I know. I know, but I, I, whenever he's involved, I do not trust him in the least. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, Eric Biennemi made it official and went to the Washington Commanders. I don't get it. I mean, it's not that I don't get the idea behind it, but it's so silly that he has to do this to go somewhere else to be an offensive coordinator, to actually call the place, which he did quite a bit in Kansas City, according to Andy Reid. And now he's going to go from the number one offense to the number 30 offense, and now he has to prove himself on this level. What did you make of the move? Because from my perspective I don't know that this really helps his cause very much. I don't like the move,
2: especially not knowing what the ownership situation is going to be in Washington and not knowing what the quarterback situation is going to be. So he goes from the epitome of a functional franchise to the definition of dysfunction with the commanders. So I I don't like the move, but what I will say is having full, uh, full power and control when it comes to play design and play calling is a step in the right direction in terms of him being able to get credit for what he brings to the game, what he provides a team. He's a great offensive mind that hasn't been given the credit calling. The only thing that I don't understand about all of this is that his predecessors in Kansas City, even with Andy Reid looming large as a presence, as an offensive football mind, they were able to get jobs as head coaches elsewhere. Yeah, Doug Peterson got a job. Matt Nagy got a job. Why is it different with Eric Bieniemy? And some people say he doesn't interview well. I think that's ridiculous. Other people bring out things that have happened in his past. And to that I would say, Carlin, if he's good enough to be an offensive coordinator in that role in the National Football League, why isn't he good enough to be a head coach? If his character is good enough to be an OC, why can't he be a head coach? It's absolutely ridiculous the things that people throw up against the wall when it comes to why Eric Biennamy doesn't deserve an opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League. Well, I've it's, never bought it's, it's
0: stupid. I, I've never bought the whole doesn't interview well thing. Well, not when you've interviewed seventeen times.
2: I don't here's the other thing, Carlin. Players and coaches, they praise this guy for being a good communicator. Apparently, so you mean to tell me you can communicate to players and coaches in National Football League, but you have hard a hard time communicating your vision for your program to an owner in the National Football League? Nah, man, I can't buy that.
0: I cannot buy that. Uh, apparently, Peter King uh, wrote in his uh, Football Morning in America column today about Eric Bieniemy that uh, there was a time, I guess recently, within the last couple of years, at an owner's meeting where you had Andy Reid actually get up in front of the room and basically excoriate owners as to why, trying to get an answer as to why Eric Bieniemy had not gotten a chance to be a head coach yet. Yeah. And listen, Andy Reid has, if there's stuff in his past that has just never been fully made public or that people are afraid of, Andy Reid has taken chances on guys before. I would want to know, like, if there's all that stuff that is that concerning, maybe there is, I don't know, but why haven't why hasn't it come up until now? Well, if it's that concerning, why is he still a part
2: of the National yeah. Football League? why is he in the league? Being, being a part of this league is a privilege, it's not a right. So if he's got stuff in his past that's that damning, then why is he even a coach in the NFL? He shouldn't be. But uh, that's not the case. He's been one of the best coordinators, one of the best coaches over the last five years, and it just so happens to coincide with the best start to an NFL career that we've ever seen from a quarterback in Pat Mahomes. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, Carlin, that they keep coming up with excuses as to why the process isn't flawed and why bien doesn't deserve an opportunity to be a head coach. Last thing I'm going to say about this. Whoever is responsible for the minority coaches pipeline and trying to get more black head coaches in the National Football League Whoever that responsibility falls on in the league office needs to be held accountable because the measures that they've taken have fallen short. They failed. Carlin, we have four black head coaches in the National Football League, a league that's comprised of over 70% black players. That's a problem. When I came into the NFL, Carlin, there there was almost double that number. Okay, there were six black head coaches when I came into the league in 2005. 2023, we got four. That's an indictment on whoever has been working on this in terms of being able to push minority candidates through the pipeline. It's a problem, and the NFL has to get serious about fixing this problem because it's a really bad look,
0: and Eric bien is the face of it. Help people in areas affected by the Turkey earthquake, including Turkey and Syria. Please visit RedCross.org slash ESPN. That's RedCross.org slash ESPN. To help the Red Cross respond. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. XFL this weekend. How much did you consume? How much were you into it? What was the quality of play in your estimation?
2: Oh, I got involved with the XFL this weekend. I told you I was looking forward to it, Carlin, and yeah. it, didn't, it didn't disappoint um, so I watched Guardians Roughnecks on Saturday night. It was good to see my former coach, Wade Phillips. Um, and, and and I thought the innovation with the replay official and having the command center with Dean yeah. Blandino give you the analysis in real time while the review was happening was really, really cool. I think that level of transparency is something that we need to be moving toward in the National Football League, especially with more fans betting on the sport. So I like that one, and it came up relatively early in the game because Paxton Lynch threw a touchdown pass to Cody Latimer, but Carlin, I thought it was an interception in real time. I thought the Mm. DB from the Roughnecks had it, but there wasn't enough data to overturn the ruling on the field. And I thought that transparency from Dean Blandino was pretty cool. Another innovation that I thought was cool was how they do the kickoffs. And for those of you that haven't seen it, go on YouTube and check it out. I think this is a smart way to approach player safety when it comes to some of these high impact plays, high injury plays in the National Football League, and then of course um, with the Battle Hawks in the Brahmas, Carlin, yeah. you had the situation uh, it toward the end of the game in the fourth quarter with the fourth and fifteen conversion in order to keep the ball as opposed to the alternative, which is an onside
0: kick. I thought that was cool too. Okay, the, so we got we with that game in particular. Let's talk about that for a sec. You've got a minute thirty left. You've got uh, who is it the the Battlehawks battle, Hawks battle down Hawks. 15 to 3, right? Mm-hmm. San Antonio winning 15 to 3. They score. They go not for one or two, they go for three which you can do from the 15 yard line if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And No, no, from your 25. From your 25 yard, from the yeah. from the 25 yard line you can go for three points. No, no, are oh, you talking about the, the conversions from yeah, the 10 Yeah, no, no, yard I'm line. talking about the conversion first. From the 10-yard
2: line, the conversions right. from the 10-yard line. For
0: three points. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, at the one-yard line, at the five-yard line, at the 10-yard line. So there you go. Um, they get the three points, and then in the fourth quarter, for those who are unaware, you can, if you're trying to get the ball back, you can either go for the onside kick or... Or you can try to convert a 4th and 15 from your own 25. Correct. Which they did and then went down and scored and won the game. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. And if that league is going to
2: survive, it's going to have to have things like that. They're going to have to have those types of innovations.
0: Are those innovations that the league will look very closely at? I think it just depends
2: on the fan reaction. And this is going to be a test balloon for the NFL to see the, the best of the ideas that the XFL is unveiling and see what can be implemented and what the NFL fans want because, again, it comes down to it being an entertainment product. If the NFL fans want it, eventually you'll see it in the big leagues.
0: Look, if you have a chance to go for three from the 10-yard line, it completely changes the dynamic of being up by one scores or two scores, and it adds even more strategy to the whole thing. I would absolutely love to see the league do it. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.